another episode of the Misadventures of an Inspired Woman podcast. I am your host, Dr. Keisha. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, Patricia Faison Ball. She is a mother, wife, sister, sister friend, auntie, niece, soror, attorney, nonprofit board member, community volunteer, certified lifestyle coach, real estate investor, Diamond Life member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, active member of National Community Board, and on the board of directors of two Washington, D.C. 501c3 nonprofit organizations. In addition to wearing all those hats, she just recently became a co-author of Collective Confidence Volume 1, an anthology to empower women. She takes seriously her God-given assignment to inspire, empower, and celebrate others to live in their purpose and to do that which God has called them to do. She says, I was born to do this and to glorify God in all that I do. The three guiding principles of her life are dream, pray, move, to live fully this one life we have been gifted with, and to leave a legacy of having helped someone. By sharing her journey, she only hopes to encourage and support others to boldly, confidently, unapologetically, and without fear, tap into their dreams and aspirations to live in peace and tranquility and to exercise self-care along the way. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you, Dr. Keisha. I am so excited that we got to um, sort this out. So, you've been listening to the podcast, you know that I'm on this sabbatical and I spent some time in Washington, D.C. And so um, Patricia is my second guest from Washington, D.C. that I met during the sabbatical. And um, she signed up to help me out with this project that I'm working on that it's good. It's a really great project. I'm excited to share about it later on. But um, you were the first person there that Saturday morning. (laughs) So first of all, I think you heard about it like through the grapevine, like Mm -hmm. someone sent it to your sorority sister, it got to you. So I was grateful that you got on the initial call on Zoom. Then you were the first person there on Saturday morning. And you know, when you do stuff, there's this period in time when you're waiting for folks to show up. And then like, the first person shows up and you're like, yes, we're doing this. But in my conversation with you that morning, I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to have you on. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. You were telling me about, well, first of all, I lo- like, I'm going to show bits of this podcast on my social media. So you'll see how amazing Patricia looks. Um, <laughs> but she was like, I'm retired. And, and I was like, good. Because I love to see people retire that still have vitality. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so you said, tell me you were retired, and then you told me that you just finished this book that you did with a group of friends of yours. So can you tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about the book? Oh, sure. So yeah, the book was just released on um, October 18th, and I think when we met, um, the book hadn't come out yet, so I couldn't really, there wasn't a whole lot to share. But um, as you mentioned, the book is Collected Confidence, Volume 1, Um wonderful, phenomenal publisher, uh, Sonsere, Sonsere is her name. Um, The name of her business is Capital S Publishing. So she reached out to me as well as to other um, young ladies and um, asked if we wanted to join in on this project. 
So I'd been writing for about four years, um, the power of journaling, right? So I had been journaling and just writing and not really knowing what I was going to do with it. But I had this goal that I was going to get this book published and, and I was working on it. And then, you know, how things happen, fear sets in, life gets in the way. And then I kept moving the date. I'm going to call the publisher. I'm going to call the publisher. Kept moving the date. And I think that was just fear. And then she called me. So I knew that I was where I was supposed to be. Everything was um, in alignment, right? So she contacted me and asked me if I wanted to be a part of the project. And of course I said, yes, you know, I'm ready. Let's do this. And so um, I did, right? I had to like, um, what do you call it? Kind of pare it down a little bit. So there are 10 authors in this book. Um, it's an anthology. And so everyone brings something different. Um, and so we've been working on it for about six months. And here we are, the book is released on October 18th. And I have sold out of my books. Yes. And, uh, I have, I, I'm, I mean, in three weeks time, I've sold out the book, um, waiting for a new shipment. Um, but it's been very exciting. This has been a wonderful journey. Um, and the goal is to inspire, right? To uplift, empower women, um, get out of your fear zone and just do it, right? I mean, so, I know that sounds like a cliche, but that's what it's about, right? Just do it, do it scared. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that you say it. So launch, I launched this podcast at the top of 20, well, in, at the top of the pandemic in 2020. Mm -hmm. And so my very first guest is a, a high school friend of mine, Roxanne, and that's the title of the episode, Do It Scared. And she mm -hmm. says, you know, like fear, you know, it creeps up all the times, or sometimes it's always there depending on your personality. But she says she has committed to, even though she's fearful, to still doing it and to do yep. it scared. So I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and you know, that's part of my journey is to just like I said, I mean, even retiring from my career, not from my job, but from my career, right? Like I kept trying to um, come up with reasons why I shouldn't, you know, it was all about the money. How can I leave that much money on the table? That kind of thing. And I mean, it's in the book, but I'll just tell you, I mean, I promise you, God was telling me if you calculate that one more time, right? That's how it was. I, I believe he said that to me, calculate it one more time. I told you, I got you right? So just do this. And so I did. And oh my gosh, no regrets. Wish I could have done it sooner, but I'm having a ball. I really am. So yeah. I love it. I love it. And like I said, I, I love that you are just like this vibrant, energetic, youthful person with all this, you have all this going on. And it's great that you have sort of retired from your career because now you can sort of like just live a little bit more, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many cliches. There's so many things that, you know, do it scared. And that's what I did. You know, I just, it's really about stepping out on faith, right? Um, and um, just doing, just living this life. This is, you only get one, right? So we're not cats. You get one life. What are you going to do with it, right? So that that is what I am doing. And I'm just embracing that and having fun, Um you know, I have a relative who is 79 years old and she just retired. I mean, 79, like I'm not, I, I, I wouldn't even dream, <laughs> but 79. But the reason is because, I mean, that was her life and she enjoyed it, right? Uh -huh. So now when I ask her, I'm like, so how are you enjoying retirement? And she hates it because that's all she's ever done is right. work. 
Right. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, trying to help her to come up with some ideas or some things that she can do. Um, we know what she loves. She loves gardening. So let's do some of that. You know, um, there's so many people when I came out with the book that said, um, I've always wanted to write a book. And then it's like, oh, how much is it going to cost? And I don't know who to trust. All those things came up. So my advice is just do it and we'll work out the details later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to take a step back as you talk about like what your journey has been. Um, I know you told me that you were originally from Long Island, New York. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so take me back to like, cause the, the project that we, we were working on, it centers on women sort of focusing on a younger version of themselves, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. take me back to like young Patricia and like, what was it like for you growing up and how did you make your way to, to um, our nation's capital? So I grew up there, um, um, surrounded by lots of friends. I come from a place where, and a time where um, friends were everything, you know, and being on the block and just being in the neighborhood, stuff that kids don't do now, you know. Um, And some of my friends I've been friends with since I was actually five years old. And so, you know, strong bonds, strong family, strong friendships, and in fact, I came to college with my best friend. We came here to D.C., went to American University for undergrad. Um, but that's how it was. Like Friends did things together. We were roommates and we're still besties, you know. Um, so was here for, I guess I graduated and worked a couple years and then um, went to law school at Howard and worked forever and ever and ever, it feels like, you know, um, I've been in the army, um, as a, as an army officer and attorney, um, did that for a while. Um, and then my last, I did lobbying. I just did a number of legal jobs. My last stint, um, as a government attorney, um, I did that for many years until I couldn't do it anymore. And I just knew that there was something else that God had for me. So I let that go, you know, um, pledged Delta Sigma Theta at American University and my line sisters and my Saras are everything to me. Um, and married, I have a beautiful daughter that's 21 and um, that's what we're doing. We're just here. We didn't kill each other during the pandemic. The three of us were in this house, but we made it through. Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. always know you wanted to be an attorney? I did not. However, I have a friend who I've been friends with for since I was five, and he reminds me all the time. You said <laughs> you were going to do that. I don't remember that, but okay. So <laughs> you when know, you went to when you went to college, what did you think you were going to to do or become? So I actually went. I thought I was going to do something like law enforcement or corrections or something like that, um, and um, did not end up doing that. I actually thought I was going to um, find a different career, and then I found myself in law. So mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. So was there has there been like I'm sure like the volume is 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 talking about confidence. Mm-hmm. Um as you think about the various stages of life that you've had as a college student, as a law student, um, as a wife, as a mother, even, you know, you talked about having a stint in the army and, and mm-hmm. as you've moved through these different spaces and times, like what has been your relationship with confidence? Um, 
just fear, not even, I mean, doing it, but not even knowing that I was doing it, right? Like, um, not, not sure, always just kind of not sure, is this where I'm supposed to be? Um, can I do this? That kind of thing. Always, always had that that uh, fear that, as they call it, that drunk monkey on my shoulder, you know, telling me that, can you do this? Are you supposed to be doing this? Clearly, I was doing it, you know, um, and um, just trying not to be. And, and the thing is, most people don't even know how afraid I was, how fearful I was. Because you, so nobody. You have a you have presence. You have what we call presence. When you mm-hmm. when you are in a room, uh, I I feel like folks are aware that you're in a mm-hmm. room. You carry yourself in a very um, with a lot of grace and poise, mm-hmm. right? And so I imagine like you didn't start just doing that. You possibly always carried yourself this way, and people didn't know about that internal struggle. Right. I I, I guess I, you know, I I certainly wouldn't want anybody to know, but I I, I write about that that. I've always been a scaredy cat, you know, that's what I call it. I've always been a scaredy cat, but, um, you know, with the help of God, I just pushed through and I did it. I don't know that I, it wasn't like I had a list of, um, I'm going to do this. Although people tell me that I remember, you know, I I don't remember that. Um, I was just a kid just trying to make it through, just trying to get through to the next thing. Right. Um, I didn't have any lofty goals and ideas and dreams, really. Um, I knew I was going to go to college. That was the only thing that I knew for certain. And then I knew I was going to get a job somewhere doing something. But I never dreamed that I'd be a published author. You know, I dreamed about being a wife and a mom. You know, I didn't dream about being a Delta. The only thing I knew growing up is I was going to college that was it you know that was my dream Mm -hmm. so you you wear many hats you've worn many hats Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of your hats seems to me revolve around you helping others and Mm -hmm. creating community Um, how did you think you got to that I think that was my mom that was who my mom was and I think I, I I got that from her um, and just recently did a workshop at church about, um, what your strengths and are, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and I figured out that that's who I've been my entire life. Um, even as a little girl, I was always trying to encourage my cousins and, you know, my sibling just always, you know, I always, always wanted more for them than they did perhaps, but, that was just who I've just always been. I saw my mother doing that. Um, there are women from my old neighborhood who, to this day, if I talk to them, they remember how my mom was the one who um, would help them and would talk to them. My mom was a nurse, but she had that ability to talk to folks and, and put them at ease and they still remember that. They remember being teenagers and not being able to talk to their parents and stuff. And so I just kind of saw that. Um, but I know that that's what you're supposed to do. I felt like that is what I'm supposed to do, honestly, is just to help. And I've been doing it. And it just occurred to me that as I'm thinking about my purpose and all of that, that's it, right? I don't need to look for that anymore. That's exactly what I'm supposed to do. 
that's I think that's such a such a great rich legacy um, mm-hmm. that you're continuing on as you talk about purpose you know a, a friend of mine um, recently turned 30 and um, she's very hard on herself um, and she's like you know I I should be doing this I should be I should have done all of that by now and I should have figured it out and something I said to her is like well honey we never figure it out <laughs> if somebody right. told you that they have it figured out Oh, right. You know, so can you talk about, because I, I get that sense from you. You're like, I'm still seeking what it is. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, this is, it's about the journey. It really is. And, and um, honestly speaking, I mean, I wrote the book and the minute I wrote it, um, folks were like, what's, when's the next one coming out? Mm, and I'm like, I'm not even sure that I'm writing another one. I don't know. I'm waiting for God to tell me where I'm going next. Um, but I do know that it's going to be in an area helping, right? So I, I know that, um, but I have no idea where I'm going. I don't know what's, you know, this is, it's all about the journey. I'm just going to keep going, listening, being obedient, um, and just go where I'm being led. And, and you know, but I, I do know for a fact that it's about helping. I know that, you know, I'm very clear on that. Is that a comfortable space for you to just like not know and be okay with not knowing? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I, I tell you what, I am um, that person that I don't have control issues, but I, um, I like to know what's next. Um, and so I, that's part of the journey is is letting go, as they say, and letting God. I'm, I'm not trying to control this. I'm not trying to, um, you know, manufacture what next mm-hmm. um and it took a long time I mean you know we don't want to talk about my age but it took a long time for me to get to this you know this was not um some people some people know um and they're comfortable with uh, where they are and that kind of thing or they're not right but I know that I had to kind of take my hands off of it and just go go where I'm being led I think that's so important for people to hear because mm-hmm. clearly you've raised an adult, you can't retire. So that means that you've lived through seasons of life. And so to still be like, I'm waiting, I'm trying to figure it out mm-hmm. and allow yourself the space and the grace um, for that to happen. I think it's really important because a lot of us put a lot of pressure on ourselves that we have to figure this out by this time. Well, and I think now, I mean, everybody's situation is different, but I think for me, it comes from um, when I left home to come here to go to school, um, actually with uh, three months before I graduated from high school, my mom passed away. And so my mom was my anchor, was my rock, right? So I had to kind of figure it out on my own. So a lot of my adult life has been figuring it out and being in control of what happened next. Um, that kind of thing. And, um, and so now in this season of my life, um, I don't have to figure it out. I'm just being led and wherever I'm being led, I'm going, you know, and I got to tell you, God's taking me to some amazing places, you know, so, um, but I think it just depends, I mean, on what your background is and where you come from. There's a reason why I've been that, um, control having to be in control because I had to do it for so long you know I didn't have anyone to do that for me um when I left home my dad um 
said, well, because I had decided I wasn't going to go to AU after, after, you know, and then he said, uh-uh, uh-uh, your mom had already, you all had worked that out. That's probably the best place for you. And it, pro- and it was, I know for a fact it was, but I tried to push back and go, no, 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 I'm not going to go after all. Um, and so that was his input was, it's already been, um, you know, worked out. That's where you need to be. That's where, you, you know, you should go anyway, because you all already did that. It's done. So, um, but he was not the, um, he, the strength perhaps that my mom had or that force, right? So I was here figuring it out on my own. You know, he was supportive um, in the ways that he could be, but I was handling it, you know. Yeah, you you were parenting yourselves mm-hmm. as an adult, yeah. and adults do need parenting sometimes. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. especially young adults. Mm-hmm. Um, so, can we talk a little bit about you doing all these things? You're raising a family. How are you maintaining all these sort of? I'm picturing you juggling all these plates. Um, it's, it, I tell you what, I have a very, 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 um, understanding and supportive husband. And, um, my, I had an aunt who said to me that, um, I was lucky, you know, um, because of my personality, like he, you know, he kind of lets me be who I am. Right. So we don't have those issues and I'm grateful for that. We don't have issues he knows my personality. I'm that one. I'm doing, doing, doing. And he's like, he's laid back. He's chilled and um, doesn't give me any pushback. And and then he's happy, you know, because of the things that I do for us, you know. Um, but we don't have those, um, I'm going to say, traditional roles and all of that. So um, his support is letting me be who I am. And it's, you know, certainly not being anybody that's going to be... Um, contrary to this family unit, but that's his support is to let me be who I, who I am, who I'm supposed to be. So that's how I'm able to juggle. One thing that you said um, just now was like the things that you do for us, the things that you Mm -hmm. do for you all. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's it's sounding like still making that a priority Mm -hmm. um, versus I think that's where some people struggle a little bit. They're like, well, is the career, are they going to like invest all into the career? Are they going to invest all into the family? And so it sounds like you made a conscious decision that I can do all these things, but I have to be mindful and intentional about taking care of us. Oh, yes. I mean, my, my family is everything, everything to me. And so everything that I do, I do it with the family in mind first, right? So um you know we we like we take vacations together we still do a lot of stuff together even though my daughter's 21 we still have traditions still things that we do together and so that's always been first right like I I I totally prayed for that husband and that child you know um and so that's that's my priority you know um and so everything that I do work um all of it um when I was working a job um, I had the flexibility to work. I could work three days, even as an attorney, and be off for like a week after that. But they were supportive of that because that meant that then I had time for them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I would work three crazy days and then be off for a while. You know, 
in your bio, you talked about the importance of self-care along the way. Did mm. you were, did you always feel that way about self-care? I did not. Um, I did not. That's something that I had to learn. Um, but, uh, you know, I think that started with, I think we all do that as young, as young women, we have our spa days and we have our girlfriend getaways and that kind of thing. And so that's how it actually started is just having that time to get away and do stuff for yourself. You have to do that. If you're going to be strong for that family unit, you got to take care of yourself. And I had to learn that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What does your self-care, well, what did it look like when you were working full time? Um, well, so working full time, um, working three days, four days sometimes, and then having that time off, that was all about relaxation or getting away, um, just kind of being, pushing back from work. Not, work was not my life, you know, it was very demanding, but it wasn't my life. Um, and so that's how you take care of your, your mental health as well as your physical health. Um, just having things in priority. Um, and um, I, I, I get my girlfriend getaways a couple times a year. Um, and that's important, you know, um, just kind of um, getting away and just kind of like you would, you know, no phones and just kind of distancing yourself from all the other stuff. You know, so that's what it looks like for me today, um, even even working. But mm -hmm. as a younger woman, it's all about career. You know, before I got married, it's all about career, um, being able to stay on your job, you know, um, production and billable hours and all that stuff. It's it's very demanding, you know, um, and that was not what I wanted to do every day of my life. So. So when you think about sort of like those earlier earlier years when it was about advancing and getting those billable mm -hmm. hours um it sounds like you had to create some boundaries at some point like do you think there was like one specific thing that led you to make that decision or it just sort of happened with time I think it's about it, it happens with time and I think it's about again about priorities and what it is you really want and so um, before I was married I could do that I could work all those hours but what's really important you know, and so you can't do that forever. Um, I I actually told a friend of mine um, not to do it, not to do um, the that she had a, a a position where it was flexible enough for her to raise her family, um, and but she was wanting more, more and more, and I I actually suggested that she not do that. She did it anyway. Um, it. it had, took a toll on her um but in the end she figured out how to do it differently but mm -hmm. that's all you know at first is that's what you go to law school for is to get that job that career um and you work hard at it but um at some point you have to make decisions for yourself um and so she's happier now but you know she had to do it so yeah yeah mm -hmm. where do you think you get that from the whole um the priorities that you that you have selected and that you've invested in, where do you think that comes from? Family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just it comes from how I was raised. Um, what's important, you know, family time is what's important. Um, large extended family in New York. Um, 
and in the Carolinas and further in the South and all. And it was all about family, family time, every, you know, even like every weekend, there was family, there were family events back then. So I think that's, you know, that's where it comes from. So what does your self-care look like now? Oh, doing whatever I want to do. I want to <laughs> do it. Yeah, you- and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it is um, I don't have to punch a clock. You know, I can just, I don't, I don't have to go out if I don't want to. Or um, That's my self-care is just making my the decisions for myself. You were just living your best life. I am trying to do that. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you taken up any sort of hobbies or interests since you've had the extra time? Um, well, I've been I walk a lot. I walk with Girl Trek and I've been doing that for years now. Um, that's what I love to do is to mm-hmm. walk. I mean, we walk all over the city. Um, nine miles sometimes in a day, you know. Um, that's the thing I love. But hobbies, I'm too busy for the hobbies, you know. I don't, I don't even have time for that. Um, I, my passion is history. I absolutely love history. I love to travel. So of course I've been doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but hands-on hobbies, no, I haven't done any of that. I, I, do, I don't even have the time. So are you spend? Are you able to spend more time doing traveling? Are you picking up? projects that yeah yeah I, I mean I, I, I'm traveling I'm actually right now in the process of, of planning a trip to Ghana um, and so I um, I do I get my trips in and um, the projects like the project I worked with you on was so right on time right in alignment and you don't you think um I was lighting it up. You don't know how much fun I had with that, right? That was wonderful. And meeting you and all those other women on that panel, that was wonderful. That's the kind of stuff. That's the reason I retired. So I could do more of that. You know, um, I work with nonprofit, two uh, nonprofits here in DC, uh, again, right in alignment with what, what I think my purpose and my goals are. And um, I, I enjoy that, you know, I'm on different committees with Delta Sigma Theta locally and nationally. I enjoy that. Those are my passions, you know. So um, my job was getting in my way, you know. Um, and, Ooh, and say that's it again. The, it really <laughs> was. I mean, I say it and people look at me, but that is the, the truth is that it was getting in my way. Certainly I needed the paycheck, um, but it was in my way of all the other stuff that I wanted to do. Oh my gosh, you, you're like so speaking to me right now. Like one thing that I love about about the podcast, I just feel like each guest that comes on, their words mm-hmm. are just so timely for so many people. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure once folks listen to this, they'll be like, oh my goodness, when she said that, that like she really spoke to me. Um, That's my goal is just, you know, I mean, again, I'm not saying do it the way I did it, but just take some time and think about what it is you really want. You know, certainly I wanted um, when I decided when I felt like I wanted to go to law school and I did and I graduated and got the job. Who doesn't want to, you know, get the job after? But um, and I had that for a season and I'm grateful for that, you know, Um, 
but it was getting in the way of me doing what else I think it is that God is calling me to do. So, and that is to inspire, empower, and celebrate. That's, that's so powerful. Um, <laughs> is there, when you think about, you know, the woman that you encounter and just Black women and everything that the world that we're living in right now mm-hmm. as black women, what do you think is important for us? To support each other. Really is to support each other. Um, uh, I, I hate to put it out there like that, but I have some people in my circle who have not been as supportive as I thought they would have been um, with the book, for instance. Um but I am like their biggest cheerleaders and I, I, I won't stop doing that, you know? Um, and that is something they have to deal with. That's either some jealousy or some other stuff that's going on, but there's enough room out there for all of us to do what it is we want to do and support each other. And so, um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I'm older than you and probably your audience, but, um, I would hope that the younger women get that message, right? Let's do that. Don't wait till you get to be my age to say, you know, I'm going to do this, do that or whatever. But at the core of it, do what it is you want to do and support your sisters. That's what it is. I I love that. I think there's so many good things that you said there in terms of like supporting each other, but there's this piece of Sometimes when you step out and you do something out of your comfort zone, a little bit different than what Mm -hmm. folks expect you to do, you don't always get the support. And it's so important that you don't internalize that and say, like you said, they have something they need to work out. Yeah. See now, and, and, and you just said it, right? So um, I did, I was in my feelings for a moment, right? Um, God didn't let me wallow in that long though. Because then I had to realize, really, this this book is really not even about me, right? Um, I am grateful for how God is using me. It's not about me. And I should not have even been offended because that's just how it is. People are who they are. I'm not going to stop supporting them, though. You know, I'm not going to stop that. But that's, that, that's something they got to deal with, not me. I'm not going to deal with it anymore, right? I let it go. I'm good, you know. But younger women, if, if you can embrace that, you know, keep doing what you're doing and don't let that stop you, but it's real. And somebody asked me, did you really think that everybody was going to be so supportive? I did. I did because that's who I am. Right. So I thought that, yeah, everybody would rally behind and they didn't, but it's okay. You know, it really is. Thank you for that. I think that's, that's, that's really, that's a really powerful message for women. I think of all ages to, to hear, Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to switch to the lightning round. It's just some fun questions um, okay. that I ask all of my guests. Don't think too hard about it. Just, um, and if you need me to switch it out, I can think of something else, but it's just mm-hmm. really quick questions. So the first question is, what is your favorite dessert? Oh my gosh, sweet potato pie. Okay. <laughs> um, your celebrity crush? Oh, uh, I don't know if I can say it on the air. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that. We'll take that. Um, guilty pleasure. Mm. The spa. The spa. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that. I love mm-hmm. that. Um, 
if your life story was um, presented to the world, would it be presented as a movie, a musical? Would it be comedy, drama, dramedy? Dramedy. Dramedy. Mm -hmm. And who would you like to play, Patricia, in this dramedy? <laughs> so funny that you say that, you know, uh, it, I'm going all the way back. I don't even know if folks will remember, but Diane Carroll. Yes. Diane Carroll would play me because I would play her. I wanted to, I would love to have played Diane Carroll. So yeah. I would love for her to have played me. What mm -hmm. I think is funny about Diane Carroll, I mean, I don't know if like, I'm pretty sure my nieces don't know. They're like in their mm -hmm. 20s, right? But I think for my age group, we're like, oh, she's Whitley's mom from a different world. Oh my gosh, that's funny. That's <laughs> funny. See, so I'm not going to tell my age, but right. I remember before she was but for some people, Whitley. For some yeah. people, she was like Nurse Julia or like any number of things. That's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. I love it. I she, love was, it. she was um, Dominique Devereaux. And right. talk about grace and poise. That's Diane Carroll for me. I yeah. see. Yes. Yes. I definitely mm -hmm. see it. Um, mm -hmm. Where can folks find you? Where can they find the book? You might need to order some more. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is my website. And it's, it's I know it's a long one, but it's Patricia. And it's P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A. Faison, F-A-I-S-O-N, hyphen, ball, he is in boy, A-L-L dot com. That's my website and they can get the book there. Awesome. And if they want to get in touch with you in terms of coaching or anything like that, mm -hmm. everything can be found through your website. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, thank you so much for making the time to, to talk to us about your incredible journey and for just giving us so many words of wisdom. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Well, um, I'm, I'm grateful to you for inviting me and I'm looking forward to working with you on another project and, um, and um, you know, being an inspiration. You are being an inspiration to others. And I want to get you out there to my generation. You Thank know. you. Thank you yeah, so absolutely. much. Um, Y'all be sure to share this interview with as many people as you can. Uh, be sure to check my socials. I'll put a couple little videos up um, mainly on Instagram. It's Dr. Keisha. That's D-R underscore K-E-I-S-H-A. And as always, be intentional.